Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for 31 years. We're marriage counselors, and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Valentine's Day is coming up, Greg. Are you ready? I'm hoping you're planning. (laughs) Um, Today, we're talking about some fun ideas for you and your spouse to celebrate this very special day, especially in your marriage. Yeah, and we've had, over the years of being married 31 years, some wonderful Valentine Day memories. I think one of my very favorites is when we're actually invited to kind of be the the keynote speakers during a, a Valentine, you know, banquet, banquet yeah. for, for some group. And I, I remember as we're at this big, fancy, you know, mm-hmm. banquet hall – They've just served this amazing meal with all, you know, 20, you know, different kinds of silverware. I mean, that kind of level of fancy. And so we had beautiful candlelit, you know, dinner. And so they they introduce us. And as we're walking up, I took my napkin and just kind of set it down. Mm-hmm. And, and when we're up there, you know, and so we're making whatever, you know, our fun intro remarks, whatever, to get us started – I just remember staring at our table because I couldn't quite comprehend what I was looking at. So the table that we just had come from Mm -hmm. seems to be glowing this bright orange color. (laughs) And I was like, man, in my mind thinking, wow, that candle is sure bright. And then it dawned on me that that table is on fire. But everybody's <laughs> looking at us and so no, yeah, one, no notices, one notices right this yeah. huge fire that's now on the table because I guess when I had set my napkin down for us mm-hmm. to walk up there I had somehow laid part of it over the candle. Just yeah, didn't notice it. And that it. doesn't typically go well. <laughs> but I remember it seared the side of your Bible. Right. And burned some of the pages. Right. I was like, oh, isn't that a sin to yeah. burn any part of a Bible? I know, because I have my Bible and I usually yeah. keep my notes in there. So I just took the notes up there. But honestly, and I can show a picture of this mm-hmm. that that it burned the outside cover, remember, just on the mm-hmm. corner. And it kind of seared a little bit the sides, but none of God's word, none of the pages were actually burned. It was really wild. Yeah. I just thought that that was so cool. But that was on Valentine's Day. I don't remember like how they put that out. All I remember is saying, um, can someone take care of the fire (laughs) that's happening at that table right there? And so some people, you know, dumped their ice waters on it and we got that. Out And then I think we had a pretty good talk after that. I, yeah. re- I remember there was some applause. Yeah. And then we had great dessert. I think they oh, served yeah. us something like Cherry's Jubilee or Baked Alaska. You know, they start those on fire. Yeah, that's true. Or creme brulee. You know, they <laughs> crisp the top of <laughs> the creme brulee, my favorite. It is. So, yes, I think all was well. Nothing else burned down. <laughs> well, hopefully this, this episode won't be so disastrous as that Or we could was. actually say maybe this episode is on fire. Oh, look at you. That, that's like a dad's joke. I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> so well done. Well, we actually do have some great segments coming up, so you're going to have to trust us on that. Later on, Aaron and I are going to give you some tips to strengthen your connection during date night. We're also going to hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, how can she help her husband re-engage in their marriage? But first, Greg, you talked with some of our friends, Sandra, Kennedy, and Megan, about all things Valentine's Day. It was such a great conversation, so let's listen in.
All right. So, Kennedy, what, what's the most special Valentine's Day memory that you have with your wife? Yeah, you know, I think it, we're, we're pretty simple when it comes to celebrating holidays and stuff. But I think for Valentine's Day, one of our traditions is we like to go somewhere nice to eat. And so uh, we went, I think, last year to the Melting Pot, which is Olivia's favorite fancy restaurant. Um, it's like and, the fondues. Yeah, yeah. And, it's yeah. A, you, you dip all your yeah. uh, breads and, and chocolates and stuff into fondue, uh, and it's very tasty. Uh, afterwards, because when you go to the melting pot, you leave completely stuffed. We just decided to lay in bed, and we just watched The Amazing Race, which is one of our favorite game shows of all time. And it was a very it was a very sweet night because it was just two things that we both really love doing, which is going out to eat and watching The Amazing Race. I love it. Well, even the name The Melting Pot is very triggering to me because <laughs> when Aaron and I first arrived here in Colorado Springs about 13 years ago to work here at Focus on the Family, we, we were stressed. We went out to The Melting Pot. Oh, yeah. Biggest fight we have ever had as a married couple. Oh, man. And so imagine that. So we're, you know, the the server, you know, would bring something and we'd act like everything was fine. And then we would keep arguing. So we've literally never been back since that, that big like fight. Wisdom. So we need to do that. You know, and to go there just based on your recommendation. Yeah. yeah. Redeem the place. <laughs> it really is a good place. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Megan, what yeah. about for you? You and Alex, what, what's um, one of your best Valentine memories? I think one of the first ones that comes to mind was our first Valentine's together, which was when we were both in college. We were freshly dating, still in that fun, I guess, honeymoon phase of dating, you could say. Um, and Alex, being much more of the romantic in our relationship, really? planned out. Didn't he notice. is. I'm not a big holiday person, not a big Valentine's Day person. And he's our engineer. He's one of our producers here for our podcast, so. Yes, he is. Yeah. Um, so he planned out this whole date and kept it like a secret. So he knows that I love Star Wars. And so he crafted this homemade dinner that we went shopping for. And he made me like guess what it was while we were shopping. <laughs> Which was kind of fun, but also just really difficult to do. Um, Some anyway. <laughs> animal from Star Wars, like an Ewok burger or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it that actually was bb shaped quesadillas, <laughs> which was fun. And wow. we made that. It was really... A robot, yeah. It was fun nice. to do and yummy to eat. And then he planned this date movie night set up in his, in his room. So he had Star Wars like running. <laughs> He had, like, Star Wars things, like, put up around the room. And then he had printed out Star Wars Bingo, where if you could – I don't actually remember the specifics of it. But if you were able to call a line right before they say it oh. accurately, you would be able to, like, cross it off on the board, which I think I did pretty well at, if I remember correctly. And that was just really fun, like, the yeah. excitement of it yeah, was, was something really new. Yeah. Well, the force is strong within him, so that makes 100%. sense. One hundred percent that he would have gone with that. So, yeah. Sandra, what about you and JC? Well, ours or my favorite memory is from our first uh, Valentine's Day together as well, but it wasn't my favorite at the time. 
So the, you've grown to appreciate yes. it, love it over the years. Yes. All right. So the gift that he gave me was an ancestry DNA kit. And, <laughs> and I was like, Wait, what an odd hold gift. Hold on. What? Say that again. He for for a gift for Valentine's Day, you received an ancestry DNA kit. Wow. Yep. Is that something you'd ask for or was that no. just okay? <laughs> And, um, and and I love your husband, so I know him quite well, and I will never let him live this down. So yes. thank you. You've blessed yes. me today. Um, so yeah, keep going. So I will say that he also gave his mom the same gift for well, Valentine's Day. That makes day. it worse, so, quite frankly. But um, yeah. I'm just outing him right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> so at first I was like, this is a super interesting gift. And we were, yeah, it's you like know, getting the thigh master or some <laughs> workout equipment. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. um, yeah, so I got it and I was like, okay, cool. I'll, <laughs> yeah. you know, swap what would my you say to that? Yeah. Like, sent Thank it you. in and everything. And as <laughs> part of the dates, did, did he swap, <laughs> no, swap your cheek you? for you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that would have been really weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to It couldn't have been more weird than um, receiving the gift, but yeah. So, um, I sent in the kit and, you know, I think it's two or three months later, I got it back. And because my dad passed away when I was five and we weren't really like, we didn't really know his family. I had no idea like my origins on that side. So it was really cool to see like, I have a little bit of French in me and like specifically like where in Africa my dad, um, his ancestors came from. And I was able to like trace all the way down to um, where like his ancestors hmm. came to America. Oh, that's cool. And the like specific plantation that they were on, wow. the slave owner that I got my last name from, hmm. and like all the way down to me. Yeah. So hmm. that was actually really cool. Yeah. But I think one of the coolest things that's happened since then is just a couple of months ago, because of that Ancestry DNA kit, I got a text message from someone saying, hey, Ancestry connected us, and it turns out we have the same dad. Wow. So I Man. actually got a half-brother. It it's a gift that is kept on giving. Yes. It sounds like So it's you. been three years since I got that gift, <laughs> and I have a half-brother. I know my origins on my dad's side. Like, and all it's because been really of the cool. gift. Yeah. That's and so, so cool. even though I was really thrown off by getting an <laughs> that, Ancestry DNA fair. kit— yeah. It's become one of my favorite things. Yeah, and so. I'm sure that's it's cherished now because of Absolutely. the fruit that you've gotten from that. Well, I love that. So besides swabbing for DNA tests as a tradition, Kennedy, do you guys have any traditions that you do for Valentine's Day? I don't think we have anything that we officially say is like a tradition other than well, like you said, may want to we're, try we're, the DNA test. So. Yeah, well, apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but we I mean, we do like to go out to eat, and this isn't just a Valentine's Day tradition. We just like eating food, honestly. <laughs> but, <laughs> you guys are foodies, yeah, yes, for yes. sure. But so, so we do uh, end up going to fancy restaurants uh, most Valentine's days, just because we, you know, it's a, it's a nice excuse, if nothing else, to go out and just enjoy time together and get to, you know, experience some of these restaurants that we'd probably never go to otherwise. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, we just, it's a nice time where we just get to talk about, you know, just our days and our, how the year has been going and our relationship. So, yeah. So Megan, 
you know, any traditions between you and Alex or the worst gift ever? <laughs> so <laughs> you can do, you can how pick. Do I choose. <laughs> um, I, or maybe it's the same, one and the same. <laughs> no, uh, we don't have any. I think strictly decided upon traditions. We've only had like three together. I think. Um, so it's pretty early on for that. But See, I would have thought maybe the Star Wars thing would have become the tradition. Or, you would think. You know, I mean, I think. Big movie franchise is going to be Rocky this year or <laughs> something. Well, so that's think an idea now. We'll put yeah, that down. Right. That's a good idea. It's on the list. Um, but we do, every week we are really good at having one date night. And we've done that ever since we've been married. Oh, nice. Which we typically will go to a nicer restaurant because we're also big foodies. Or I should say mostly me. I'm on Yelp all the time, like more than Instagram. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I think for Valentine's Day, based on what we've done, is we do like to make it a bit more of like a day thing and make a more – we like to go a bit beyond dinner just because we do that pretty regularly. So like last year we like went on a hike and then we went and did the Penny Arcade. Um, so I think we just like to get a little more creative, go outside of our normal routine nice. for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Sandra, what about you guys? Well, JC and I's traditions are pretty similar. Um, we like to have some kind of nice dinner and then we'll give each other like just some kind of small gift. Like I gave him a ring last year, like, you know, just something really small. And so the most fun thing that we have just done the last um, four years is our anniversary is two months after Valentine's Day. And so we will like go out to dinner and then we'll just kind of dream about what do we want our anniversary to look like this year. And this isn't an ad for the melting pot, but we always <laughs> go um, for our anniversary. And the last two years we've gone for Valentine's Day too. So, wow. Yeah. Just don't fight or you'll never go back. Yeah. Or we... maybe that's the strategy. Maybe Kennedy's going, it's expensive. So let's get into a big <laughs> argument and. We'll never have to go. Look, can we just settle on McDonald's this year? <laughs> Honestly, my husband would love to go to McDonald's for Valentine's Day. He just loves McDonald's. So maybe that'll be my gift to him this yeah. year. <laughs> so you guys have described some date nights. Like if you could create your most ideal date night, what would that look like for, for each one of you? Kennedy, if you... If you had the ideal date night, what would that look like? Oh, you always give me the least amount of time. Um, <laughs> here's the thing is, like I said, Olivia and I are just really simple. You know, we don't – there's not a lot we need to have a, a good date night. Um, we really like Culver's. So, honestly, like back when we were dating, we'd go to Culver's a lot for most of our date nights. You can't beat the just, butter burger. We just love Culver's. And, you know, we like to – uh, go home and play games that are specifically like two-player. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll play like a board game or a video game together. We had a a decent portion of time when we were playing a game called It Takes Two, which is this mm -hmm. video game about, uh, which is going to sound really bad in context because the video game is about a couple deciding not to get divorced. Mm -hmm. uh, but the game itself, like it's all about puzzles and and you have to work together to solve them. And that was something that we just loved doing. So I think for us, the ideal date is just getting food that we really like and just hanging out all night. Hmm. Yeah. Sandra, for you, what would that ideal date night look like? 
Well, I am a fairly simple person. Um, that seems to be a theme. We're all similar. Yeah, we're very similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And so as JC and I have like grown together and really learned that we kind of just value being together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what we like to do is um, go see a movie. That's like one of my favorite things, going to the theater, getting the popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. The first few times we went to the movies, he was like, oh, we don't need popcorn. And I was like, I need He's wrong. So as the expert. I need the popcorn. (laughs) He's wrong. You're right. And now he's like, oh, what size are we going to get this time? And I'm like, that's that's right. Whatever the refillable one is, that's the right choice. Yeah. (laughs) So um, it's really fun. Yeah. The the theme that I am hearing, though, is – Spend some money. So go out and do something, whether that's a movie or dinner, and then have moments where you are intentionally talking. So it's just not about the to-do list and the tasks that maybe we have to do tomorrow, but actually investigating, updating what's going on in your life. Mm -hmm. That's why we have great conversation starters. We'll put a link to those in the show notes to give you – I put them on my phone. They're on my – in the notes section of my phone. And I pull those out all the time when Aaron and I are just sitting there at dinner. And then the fun component, the research shows that when as a couple, we do something different, new, that it activates the parts of our brain that were activated when we first were dating. And so it's a great way to kind of rekindle those old feelings like we loved when we first started dating just by do something new. So if it's going to a movie theater, choose a different theater. If it's, you know, instead of maybe of the melting pot, you go somewhere different. Anything mm-hmm. new has that impact. So when you combine doing something new, you're learning, you're asking questions, and you follow that up by having fun, whether that's a board game, video game, whatever it is. It just that makes for such a powerful night. Aaron and I love the Monopoly deal <laughs> little game, and we, we love that. Sometimes we'll even bring that with us and just sit there on a date at the restaurant, not the melting pot because it's too triggering, <laughs> but we'll, we'll play that there. Mm-hmm. And so love what you guys are saying. So we'll end with this. Kennedy, what traditions or habits as you think about other couples and maybe things that they could do throughout the year to really help each other feel loved? What, what are some of those traditions that you would encourage them to think about using? Well, you know, I think that's a good question because you don't need a special occasion yeah. in order to have a good yeah. date. You don't you know, have I think, to have a day designated yeah, no, I mean, for that. Yeah. I think Olivia and, and me, some of our most memorable moments weren't on like a Valentine's Day or something. They were just, you know, dates that we went on just because. And so when I think about that, it, it really comes down to that. And anyone can say that they, they love someone, but it really comes down to your actions to prove that you love them, you know. Um, and so when you think about what kind of traditions and what kind of habits can I get into, I just say, you know, humble yourself, put the other, put your spouse before you and, and serve them, you know, and whatever ways, I mean, if you are married to them, chances are, you know, at least one thing about them that they like having done for them, you know, whether that's like, for instance, my wife doesn't really like doing the dishes. I don't like really doing the laundry. And so we do that for each other sometimes yeah. just because we're like, hey, I know she doesn't like putting away the dishes, so I'm going to do that. So I think it's just those little things, uh, and, and they just seem really little but and simple. But the reality is that once you start doing those things, a lot of the bigger things will come out as a result of that, and you'll feel 
a lot more loved by the time Valentine's Day comes around. You will you will feel that love because of all the small things they did throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, and then you can use that as the day just to celebrate what you've been doing all mm-hmm. year long. I love that. Megan, you mentioned that you and Alex are really intentional about having that that weekly date night. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Like, how do you make that work? Because I hear all the time from couples, yeah, we're so busy, so much going on. How have you guys been able to maintain that tradition? Um, I think it's been a lot easier because we started it right when we got married. We didn't have to transition into it. Um, But it was advice I'd seen online by a few sources, and also my sister recommended it. So I think that was something when we were having conversations right before getting married or in like the first days that when we were communicating like different expectations or desires of of what our new normal is going to look like, that was something that I definitely just tried to communicate clearly of just a weekly date night. doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be fancy, but just a time for us to expect to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we set one day of the week and that worked for a while. But then when life got busy and that date, like filled up, like we would move it. So we're flexible with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it'll it'll switch days, but it's almost a non-negotiable for the most part of we need one day yeah. this week to do something. And it's been super nice. And there are days where when we know each other and we know the days that we're going through, we'll be able to kind of adapt it. So if there's a day that I'm super exhausted from work and it's date night, Alex will like cater toward that and be like okay well why don't we have a night in why don't i pick up some food let me and he is able to like speak into what would treat me well then and i'm able to do the same for him when he has bad days um so it's just really nice to have those moments to expect intentionality and like almost have it in your regular rhythm and i I like that you guys are flexible within that in other words you're not saying hey let's flex by not doing it but let's flex by maybe instead of going out We'll do a night in, but we're still going to use that time to keep the the marriage strong. Mm-hmm. So well, well done. So Sandra, you and JC, what what's a tradition that you would encourage other couples to do throughout the year? So um, one of our former coworkers, he would always do something on his anniversary day with his wife every month. And I remember hearing that and I got so excited and I went home and I told JC and he was like, done, let's do it. Um So we met on the 17th of October, and we got married on the 17th of April. Hmm. So the 17th of every month, we do something special um, just to kind of, like, remember each other. That's a great idea. Um, And so whenever we travel together, we always, always, always find, like, a really cool ice cream place. Hmm. Just somewhere that, you know, nobody really knows about or has, like— some really interesting flavor or just something like that. And so um, every month, because we love ice cream, we will be intentional about going to get ice cream. And having or, 17 scoops? Uh, we could. <laughs> we could. That's a good idea. We're coming up on the 17th. Yeah. So, you know, but we'll go and um, get ice cream. Or if we're really tired, we'll um, just stop at the store and buy ice cream. We have these cute little special ice cream cups that we only use on the 17th really? of every month. Love so that. some way we are making it intentional. And so that's actually something that I tell anybody who's getting married. Like, you know, the little date night advice that 
they ask for it like bridal showers and stuff. Mm, that's, that's always, always the one that I go put to. in there. Well, I tell you that it it's such a good one because you you've taken this idea of intentionality, which we've all kind of talked about, and you've added in a layer of ritual that it happens to fall on the 17th for you guys. In in the power of doing all this, why it matters is that one, rituals, traditions, these kinds of things that we do repeatedly create attachment. So there's a, a, a deepening of the bond that we have between us. So it's a it's an attachment ritual, really, mm-hmm. that you guys are talking about. The other thing that it does is that it it, it creates identity for the couple. And, and that's huge. You know, you become known for that, like you and JC, that's a mm-hmm. part of your identity as a couple that mm-hmm. the 17th is a big deal. We're going to honor that time because that's when we met and fell in love mm-hmm. and got married, all that. And and so the, the fact that these traditions bond us, mm-hmm. but it becomes part of our identity, that, that's why these are so important. So great advice. I, I, I love what you're saying. And would encourage you and your spouse to really think about, yeah, what what is one thing that we could add in? You know, maybe we can't do a weekly date night, but what what would that one thing be as far as a tradition that becomes the way to define who you are and will strengthen your identity and your attachment as a couple? That was such a fun interview and Mm. and such wisdom from a group of newer married couples. And I just love, it just warms my heart just to hear their perspective and their passion Mm -hmm. and just their advice. I think that's great no matter how long you've been married. And it felt like kind of if I was to, to summarize, it just felt like, you know, be intentional, really take advantage of, of, these everyday moments in in how that can really create a a, a strong bond or an attachment, mm-hmm. and then how these traditions like Valentine's Day or date nights or any of these traditions mm-hmm. that we create within our marriage, how that can really strengthen the unique identity then that that we need to have as a couple. Mm-hmm. And bottom line. There is no cruise control or autopilot on yeah. this thing called marriage. And yes, mean sure. What? Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, it means that we have to pay attention to this marriage outside of Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah. You know, Valentine's Day is a great reminder to celebrate the love that God has blessed us with, but we have to pay attention to our marriage every day. And I know there are seasons that are crazy. Yeah. There are seasons that are busy, busy with life, busy with kids, but it's figuring out how do we connect as spouses every single day and really be intentional about paying attention to what's happening around us within our marriage and within the four walls of our own home. And then taking action, the pursuit of our spouse every single day. And there's, of course, they talked about those everyday moments. Those are easy wins. You know, how do we say goodbye when someone's leaving? How do we greet each other when we come back into each other's presence? And how do we say goodnight? How do we we end our day as husband and wife? And, you know, just simple, easy wins, having meals together, going for walks together, doing laundry together, cooking together has been one of our latest favorites. And so just making sure that we are paying attention to our marriage every single day like it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, because you're right in the end, our 
our relationship, our connection won't survive from Valentine's Day to Valentine's no. Day or from date night to date night or whatever the vacation big, to vacation. Yeah, the big yeah. things are wonderful and they're like yeah. the cherry on top, but all these kind of everyday experiences really that's the meat of our connection. Yeah, is it cherry's jubilee on top? <laughs> there we go. Wow. <laughs> or the cherry on top. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to go deeper and get to know your spouse better, we have this free assessment that can show you your strengths as well as some growth areas that you guys have as a couple. It's a fantastic resource. Yes, all the details will be in the show notes or you can go to marriagemilestone.com. Now we're going to transition into a segment where we're going to talk about date night tips. Yeah. How do we have a successful date night? And you know, you might be thinking, well, that's simple. But the truth be known that often couples struggle with how do we do this? How yeah. do we do it well? Or we get into ruts yeah. and we do the same thing over and over and over and over again in We've kind of made this statement throughout, but we just want to say it again. Spend money on your marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of things that we spend our money on. And, and we think it's so important to go out and have a dinner, to to go see a, a show at a theater, to whatever. I mean, fill in the blank. Don't hesitate to put money aside mm-hmm. to to spend on your marriage. I think what it shows each other is that we value this enough to actually budget and to hold some funds back mm-hmm. instead of giving it all to Amazon or giving it all to whatever that we're actually, you know, we don't need one more coffee. Let, let's go out right. and spend some money on our marriage. Yeah. And be creative. Be creative with what you're doing, um, whether that is trying new things or – doing and having a new experience together because the research is strong around doing something new and exciting within your marriage and and on a date night is actually going to ignite the same part of your brain that was ignited when you were first dating. So try new things because you, you might enjoy things that are different and you know, what would happen if we did a little bit of both or we alternated one time, we're going to go and do something that I really enjoy. And then the next time we're going to try something new that you really enjoy and, and be creative around that. Yeah, and I like how you said that because it's great to keep in mind that you and I both probably define going out and having fun or what feels connecting very differently. Mm-hmm. In in maybe this is over generalizing the differences between men and women, husbands and wives, but I know for for me I love doing things together. So whether that's playing a game, whether mm-hmm. that's, you know, going for a walk, going for a hike, um, just something that feels like we're being active, doing something mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. really speaks connection and intimacy to me. Mm-hmm. And I I know for you, right, it, it's more of we you want those opportunities to feel like you're really being known and you're knowing me by having those deeper Right, conversations. Conversations, yeah. And especially, I mean, it's stereotypical, 
But for women, often it is connecting emotionally and verbally. And recognizing that may not be the same thing for your spouse, husband, or wife. And to make sure that you're open to doing different things to connect, to try new things together. It's interesting, though. Often what I'll hear within my counseling practice is, hey, we're going out on a date night. And the minute we get in the car, my spouse picks up their phone Mm. and they're texting. And, you know, I just think they're unavailable or they don't care or whatever. It's slowing that down outside of a date night time to go, what's really going on? I recently had a conversation with a couple and just exploring why does this spouse pick up their phone on every date night when they get in the car Hmm. and come to find out the person didn't feel safe emotionally Hmm. to have that conversation as well as they noticed that when if they didn't bring a conversation starter up or start the conversation, carry the conversation, which can feel like a lot of pressure, the other spouse wouldn't say anything. And so I suggested, you know, what, what would happen if you had conversation starters already available and you knew that this is what we were going to do to begin our date night, kind of to warm us into the experience that this is safe that we can have conversations that, you know, maybe we've trained each other and trained the marriage that it's not safe to have deeper level conversations. So of course, someone's going to get on their phone or do something to distract themselves instead of leaning into the depth of conversation. Yeah, that makes sense. And we'll put a link to our favorite Mm -hmm. conversation starters in the show notes. And it's a great place to begin because what I like is that we'll pick an activity to do. Mm -hmm. And then as we're driving or maybe sitting in a restaurant, Mm -hmm. that we'll ask each other different conversation starters just to have that more deeper, more meaningful conversation in addition to the fun and the goofiness that we're going to have on on the activity. Yeah. I often will say that those conversation starters are like communication foreplay. (laughs) It leads us to that deeper level connection. And I know so many couples will say that's ridiculous that we need conversation starters to connect. And I'm like, no, because what it does is it leads you down the road of connection and conversation. Yeah. You're not going to think of these things on your own. And why even put the pressure on yourself to come up with all these? They're right there. Or put the pressure on one person to carry the conversation. So, you know, I say use those conversation starters, protect your date night time, have it designated fun time, the conflict, the deeper conversation around hot issues, issues we don't see eye to eye on, those will be there at home waiting for you when you get home. Go and have fun. Use these conversation starters for that deep connection that you're both longing for. Well, now we're going to move on to our weekly Q&A, and this is the part of the show where we get to answer your burning questions about marriage. Please send us your questions. You can click the link in the show notes or go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. And if your question gets answered on the show, we're going to send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free, as our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us. Well, today's question comes from Amy, so let's listen to the voicemail that she sent in. Hi, my name is Amy. My question is, how do I get my husband to engage in reviving our marriage? Uh, We've been together 23 years. We have a 14 and a six-year-old. We both have backgrounds that hurt where he has addiction issues. He's three years sober. 
Um, I'm a complex PTSD childhood trauma survivor with an ACE score of six. I have a hard time being vulnerable. And when I am vulnerable with my husband, expressing my needs or wants or desires, uh, he pretty much just ignores it and um, acts like I never said anything and just carries on like usual. Just really lost, really stressed, drowning in stress. Um, just, I would really love to have that partnership. I am a traditional woman in a very non-traditional relationship. Um, so thank you. Amy, thank you so much for your question. It sounds like it has been a really hard road, but here you are. And you're saying we've been together 23 years. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I just appreciate you reaching out because I know that you're not alone in the scenario you're describing. And not to minimize your pain because it sounds like it is very painful and you feel pretty disconnected um, from your spouse. And that longing is real yeah. to want to be connected Absolutely. to your person. And, and that's a great longing. And, and that just shows that her heart is open. It sounds like it's been wounded, but still, boy, I desire this. And, and that's all a great sign. And Amy, you, you talked about feeling stressed and you even asked, you know, how do I get my husband to engage in reviving our marriage? And Erin and I just want to encourage you and answer it this way. You can't mm. because this puts all the responsibility of getting your husband to engage in the marriage solely on you. There, there isn't a solution that we could give you that's clever enough and creative enough that would actually work. There, there's not like a, a magic wand that you could wave, unfortunately, that will get him to re-engage, and, and it's no wonder that you're feeling stressed and you're feeling all that pressure and you feel helpless and powerless because you want this marriage, and we applaud that, and we love your passion around that, but just want to encourage you to recognize that, that, that it doesn't work for you to have to figure out how do I get my husband to re-engage because it takes two people engaged to make a great relationship. And, and, and the truth is that, that there's, again, nothing that you can do. There's no amount of hard work. And if you just did this or tried this, that's really going to work. And, and we say all this mm -hmm. as your friend. We're, we're in your corner. We are rooting you guys on. And, and we're rooting you on. Mm -hmm. And we want to say to step back, take that big, deep breath, and say, I'm not going to ask that question anymore. The worst question that you can ask is, how do I get my spouse, my husband in this case, to re-engage? How do we have a great marriage? Because it really does take two of you being fully responsible, mm -hmm. owning the state of our marriage is our responsibility versus the best question that you can be asking is, how do I want to show up then as a wife mm -hmm. in this situation. Yeah. And so then it's shifting and putting that effort that you've been putting, focusing on him, because believe me, he picks up on that. And that may be igniting even more resistance. Anytime we, we I always say, crawl into our spouse's yard and try to clean it up, control it, fix it, 
there's going to be resistance and defensiveness. So step back out of his yard, which I'm just going to say we all do that at some point. Step out and put that energy and focus it on you, becoming the best wife you can be, and not just wife, best godly woman you can be, and making sure that you are well cared for, that you are a full, whole, and healthy individual, and you are turning to the Lord, allowing Him to fill you to the measure fill you abundantly, and then care for yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, because then you can turn right around and pour everything that you are full of into that shared space, into the shared garden, as we call it. And you never know, you have great influence and you never know, you might find him meeting you there. He might see, oh, it looks pretty safe out there. She's not focusing on me. She's focusing on being the best version of herself. And you never know, because then you can invite him into that shared space from the place of fullness that you're not needing anything from him, that you're inviting him in to connect with you. Yeah. And, and Amy, we get that that you're like, I just tell me, what can I do yeah. to get him to re-engage, and we hope that you're hearing us going. Really, there, there's, there's nothing that we know that would actually do that, and 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 make it such that that you don't have to be the one fully responsible for that. It just it doesn't work, and we don't want to see you have to keep doing that because it's stressing you out. You're exhausted. Yeah. We hear it. We hear it in in your voice. Now, we're not saying then. Well, then so you're just saying I don't do anything but just work on me. There certainly may be a point in time to where you need to set some important boundaries in your marriage. It may be time to let him know, I'm not willing to continue doing the same old thing, the same old cycle, the same old pattern, mm -hmm. and I want something more, and, and I'm willing to go get help. Can we do that? Are you willing yes. to go with me and see a good Christian marriage counselor that, that can help you guys get to where you want to be? So we're, we're, we're not suggesting you just keep, just work on you. Sometimes the most loving thing we can do is to set a boundary to go, sure. I'm not willing to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And if that means that that I need to separate for a season and, and really we both get the individual help we need. I mean, Aaron and I don't know what it looks like for you. But we know that that between you and the Lord, you have to figure out when is it time to set a clear boundary that yeah. I'm not just going to keep year after year doing the same old thing. That's mm -hmm. not the marriage that I want, and I'm willing to work on it. Will you join me yeah. in working on that? And if he if he won't, then again, we're not going to tell you what what the boundary would look like. Aaron, you've written a fantastic article called A Healing Separation. So we'll put that link to that article in the show notes. And, and Amy, you can check that out. But yeah. Aaron, again, Aaron, I get that we get your heart. We get where you want to be. And, and we definitely want to help you get there. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks again to Amy for your question and look up for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and have any questions for us, please contact us. Click the link in the show notes to leave us a voicemail.
Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. We wish you a very happy Valentine's Day and hope you'll take the opportunity to celebrate your spouse and your marriage. Yeah, be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to share this episode with your friends. We want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong and satisfying marriage. And we want to see you guys grow spiritually, both as individuals and as a couple, so that you can turn around and invest in another couple to help them build a thriving marriage. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you again next week about this crazy little thing called marriage. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.